Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. This is Amber. And what a night yeah, we had. Yeah, this was fun. Uh, we had Keith Clark back from iDigital Medium, and well, there's some he we, gave us an yeah. exclusive story. Uh, yeah, it's like maybe our first exclusive story Might ever. Be. Uh, after we had Keith on, uh, he's Keith from iDigital Medium, like, like Amber said. After we had Keith on, uh, him and I just talked on email. Just kind of converse back and forth on there, and he and he mentioned this thing that he wanted to talk about, this thing that he was working on, and I said I'd love to talk about it. It'd be great. Uh, and that thing is called it's called Project Saint Peter. Uh, and this is going to be something to be very clear. We're going to be having Keith come on. I would say on a regular basis. It's now. just going to be installments. It's However, be installments, yeah. Keith wants to present this information. I admit I was a little confused at first because dumb me was like, oh, we're talking about George Meek. I got to look up SpiritCon. And I... Calm. Spirit, yeah, sorry. Well, hey, that was the article I read. SpiritCon? Yeah. SpiritCom. So anyway, I, I was reading about that. And then I, I guess I didn't realize that Project St. Peter was completely exclusive yeah. and, and not really found on the internet. And and this was something George Meeks, through his group, the Meta Science Foundation, this was something else he did beyond Spiritcom. Yeah, yeah. And so, involved, and, and this didn't even, I this I, I this was, uh, well, we say this in the show, but I thought this was another device that was made. It's just instructions about how to make these devices, supposedly, these, well, coming here, out let's through just, these. Let's just, let's just lay it out here. I have the, I have the okay, official all right, thing right here. All right. Here's the description of Project St. Peter. Uh, In 1986, the Meta Science Foundation was building a celestial broadcast system, an advanced system of communications, a telepathic transmedium channeled instructions from the science team in heaven to the research team on Earth. The plan was to receive information to assist mankind in our evolution using two pieces of equipment, Angel One, and Michael won. The research project was codenamed Project St. Peter. This is their story. This is, we call it, we're calling it Lab 1, Part 1. We don't know exactly how it's all going to be laid out. And the initial stuff we've gone through is going to be available on... uh, iDigitalMedium.com. And we'll have have links to We're going to have a direct link to this first part that you can kind of use... Because we kind of went through the, you know, we kind of went through the broad strokes of it. Yeah. You're going to be able to go and look at the detail, like literally the PDFs you of You could this read thing. this first, then listen to the show yeah. and see how we kind of broke things down or listen to the show first and then go read it. Uh, however you want to do it. However you want to do it. We're going to make it real easy on you. This is our first installment with Keith Clark on Project St. Peter. Clark, you were with us a while back. 
and we had a riot. Well, you know, and no, we, we were talking about this a second ago. So and again, my mem- I have the memory of a goldfish now. It's just it's gone nowadays. I think <laughs> when we talked last time. Amber, yeah, you snuck in towards the end or mm-hmm. something. Like you were yeah. working or something like that. Or you I remember listening for a long time. And I remember Keith having a really relaxing voice. <laughs> and we said something about that after. I'm like, that was so relaxing listening to Keith. It was. <laughs> it, it, it was. <laughs> and, That's not how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> so after the show, you know, and yeah, thanks again, first off, for taking the time to come talk to us again tonight, Keith. Um, with that said, after our discussion we had last time, uh, we were talking about this other, well, this thing that you wanted to talk about on a, you know, on a podcast or some type of format like this, right? And yeah. I jumped it. I jumped it. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to talk to you about this stuff. And what we're talking about tonight is a thing called Project St. Peter, which I'm kind of embarrassed. I never really heard anything about. I haven't either. Yeah. Uh, There's a good reason for that. It's yeah. not on the internet. Well, yeah, okay, and there, there isn't a lot out there because I did I did my fair share of googling around, and I'm like there really isn't a lot of stuff out there, which is surprising in today's day and age. Um, it is. So, how about I'm going to give the mic to you for a second here, uh, as far as like kind of oh, like okay let's inter- yeah let's introduce what I mean I'd like to hear it from you because I'm I'm an, you're much better spoken than I am as we've already established. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's tell me all about Project St. Peter. Let's, as far as an intro is concerned. Sure. Well, first of all, I appreciate the opportunity. I am very glad that both of you accepted uh, my offer to to try to get this out to people. So my name is Keith Clark. I would describe myself as an experimenter in ITC, which is instrumental transcommunication, mm-hmm. otherwise known as the field of communicating with people in spirit, or shall we say, non-physical personalities non-physical beings, whatever term you'd like to use, (laughs) uh, communicating with them using electronics. That kind of encompasses the whole field. I'm also a a, uh, member of the iDigital Medium team, which is sort of activists for the sharing of information related to life after death, as well as preserving of that information. I'm here today to talk about, or to at least begin conversations about a very strange, unique and uh, amazing story that is all 100% true. Um, if you, for those of you who have not heard or are not familiar, I need to give a little bit of pretext. In the 1980s, actually late 70s, early 80s, there was something called Spiritcom, which most people have heard of if you've oh, experimented yeah. with instrumental transcommunication. Oh, yeah. And it was the most well-known effort by the Metascience Foundation, which was started and administered by George Meek, who's a very well-known, reputable gentleman, was very passionate about life after death, and just knowledge in general. During the Spiritcom event, shall I say, um, let me just try to describe this as quickly as I can. There was a gentleman who was believed to have mediumistic abilities that when he sat with his device, which used 13 tones, Mm -hmm. um, the communicating person's spirit was able to produce their voice on those tones. Um, It's definitely one of the most well-known historical accomplishments and probably one of the most debated now also in reference to life after death. Okay, that being said. What most people don't know is after Spiritcom, 
the Metascience Foundation continued their work, and it was much, much, much bigger than Spiritcom. Spiritcom looks like a little baby next to the projects that they continued to carry on. Um, in Spiritcom, they had a device they called the Mark device. I believe Spiritcom, uh, they kept making new versions of it, new reiterations. They would revise this electronic devices that they were using, and they'd call them Mark One, Mark Two, Mark yeah. Three, Mark Four. Well, what most people don't know is they went up to Mark Eleven and beyond. I'm not even sure how far they went. And so, I need to give a little bit of intro. Metascience Foundation did a lot more than people realize, and so that's sort of the part of the picture that we would like to describe here. Not only that their information has still has not been preserved. It's still some of it's still on tape, some of it's still in a storage facility. And the breadth and scope of what they the work that they did uh, has yet to be understood. There was one particular project that they were working on. It was called Project St. Peter. To give a synopsis, <clears throat> there was a team of people in heaven I'll just refer to it loosely as heaven because it's going to be the easiest terminology to use here. Okay. Heaven or paradise would collaborate with a team of people here being the employees and volunteers of the Metascience Foundation. They would build two devices called the Angel Revision Number 1 and the Mark and the um, – oh, just lost it. I'm looking through my notes. Michael. Yeah, Angel Michael. and Michael. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> As we begin to tell the story a little bit more, we'll get farther into the technical descriptions and details. But the essence of it was, the purpose of this two-year project was to send information from heaven directly to earth through these two pieces of equipment, which would then be transcribed and sent out to different organizations to help the evolution of mankind. It was referred to as the Celestial Broadcast System. There are many other names and descriptions for it. It was called an Advanced System of Communications. The way this worked was Metascience Foundation had a telepathic medium. It was a telepathic channel. Well, she also referred to herself as a part trance medium. She would go into trance and she would either verbally out loud give instructions and they would be recorded or she would write them down and from that the instructions and lessons and information was given to the people here on earth to build these devices and now i'm not talking like the devices that we've seen um previously with you know simple devices do this and do this these were fairly complex um for their time and the, since iDigital Medium indicated that we wanted to help preserve things like this, uh, some information came our way, and it was not a little bit of information. It was boxes and boxes and boxes of information. In among those boxes were lab lessons. They were blue binder booklets that had every single word transcribed of each laboratory lesson. And a laboratory lesson would be defined as people would come in to this space, this workspace, this laboratory. They could be people that they wanted to help raise money. It could be people that were there to 
explore or learn more about it. Or maybe they wanted to volunteer. <clears throat> and when these people came in, the telepathic channel would put on sunglasses. This <laughs> yeah. is going to get really interesting. Yeah. She put on sunglasses and she would begin to talk as if she were other personalities. And here's where it gets really interesting. At the personalities, it's a very long list of a who's who in heaven, shall we say. Everybody from um, Jesus to, <clears throat> let's see, President John F. Kennedy, uh, President Theodore Roosevelt, several My, of the first ladies. Yeah. Everybody from General George Patton to Dr. Albert Einstein to Orville and Wilbur Wright. The list goes on and on and on. And I already know some people are probably going to say, what are you talking about? It already sounds a little crazy. <clears throat> All I'm going to say is that when I began re reading this material, I sat and looked at it in front of me. At first I thought it was pretty unusual. And then it, it, it unravels like a documentary film where you don't know if, the, if, say, for example, a crime drama. You don't know if the person did it. Or they didn't do it, or they were set up, and then you think they did it, and then you change your mind, you go back in the other direction. This is what that story has to offer. The reason why I'm making it public uh, is not really for me, because it's a lot of work. It's because I believe there's educational value, there's historical value, and there may even be some scientific value. Now, I need to make note that the scientific value part of it I need to clearly state that this should not be another spiritcom. It should not. When people listen to this and read this, they shouldn't go out there and start trying to build exact replicas of Project St. Peter because it's not likely to be fruitful. Because it, um, you know, if it is real, and I state that if, because I don't really know, I wasn't there. If it is real, then uh, it needs to be combined with actual spiritual truths. So... Let me know if that's too – did I get specific enough or too specific? I, that's it's great. Put me back on track. I think we're, yeah, we're right where we need to be at, Keith. Okay. So as I'm sitting here looking at this material, first I realize that it's not on the internet. It doesn't exist. Yeah. And then I realize how much of it there is. And as I start reading it, I'm sitting here looking at it, and I'm realizing that I'm, as I open the book and I read the first couple of pages, I'm reading an address by President John F. Kennedy, or at least purportedly, right? And as I read this, <clears throat> there's a little bit of doubt, but there's also a little bit of inside me saying, well, what if? What if this is real? What harm can it do to research it and, and to read it and to take whatever truths it may or may not have? Um, so the way I perceive it is, we're presenting this as a story. I am not the subject matter expert, though I probably could be viewed as that. I was not there in person. <clears throat> oh, and I cannot tell you whether it's all true or whether yeah. it's not. Actually, I don't, I'm not, you know, <clears throat> I've not been in direct contact with anybody who was directly involved in Project St. Peter. It was 33 years ago. But I can tell you that as I read it, I began to see similarities. I began to see things that I knew and felt were spiritual truths. You know, the only question remains as to whether they were truths presented by the medium or whether they were truths presented by people in spirit. I think that 
once the full scope of how massive this project was, and this was only one project that was lasted two years, mm-hmm. how massive it is, people would say, okay, if it was a hoax, again, it would make Spiritcom look like a, a walk in the park. If it was a hoax, it was one of the most elaborate hoaxes ever designed involving at least 100 people, half of those being the alleged spirit communicators, the other half being people here who attended the meetings, who volunteered, who uh, donated money, things of that nature. Okay, I think that's all the... Yeah. Well, I I do want to ask you, I think you may have alluded to it, but I mean, I am curious... Well, you said you got you guys just received a lot. I don't know how you guys received all these materials. You said that you, this, these materials came to you guys for NI digital mm-hmm. medium, right? How did how did you right. guys come across these? How did, how did they end up in your guys' lap? Somebody we know in the community contacted me because they had been contacted by the person that was holding the files. After a short exchange, we indicated that we would be interested, and. Uh, this is I'm not giving all the all information because I don't think it's it's necessary, but yeah. the way it happened was extremely strange. I happen to have a brother who lives up north somewhere. And this material, the person said, How do I get it to you? And I said, I'll give sake, I'll send you money and you can mail it. I said, We don't want to send it by the mail. I said, Okay. I guess they're they're rather cautious. So and they said, you know, do you have anybody that can pick it up? My first thought was, no. <laughs> I live in Florida. What do you mean pick it up? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not like I know anybody. I don't travel up there. You know, I'm not going to hop on my private jet. <laughs> a couple days later, so it just sat there. A couple days later, my brother says, I'm coming down to visit uh, to Florida. And then I put two and two together and realized that this person was not that far from the other person. Long story short. They connected, and it all ended up here uh, of its own accord at no charge. Cool. Wow. And then it was rather surprising at just how much there was. And then we thought that was a lot. It was probably four boxes. Yeah. It had uh, videotapes. It had audio tapes and lots and lots and lots of papers. Meta Science Foundation was very, very thorough. And we thought it was a lot then. Now I have colleagues in the community who also assist, and we have a passion for preserving specific, everything, but most specifically Meta Science Foundation, um, they have accumulated a lot more of the boxes. And then we've come to find out recently that what we have is only a, a sliver of what exists. There's a storage facility somewhere that, that has a lot of stuff that is not accessible presently due to the large amount of expense it would take to be able to acquire it. I was going to say... Uh what makes it inaccessible i mean it's not locked down though it sounds like am i correct uh it's a condition which would require funds to access it and so it's more than what we had expected or hoped for so that is at the same time that's the kind of plea that if there's somebody out there who just wants to throw money our way we'll go get it yeah yeah it's, it's so much that i couldn't even store it at my house i mean i thought it was you know a little mini library or something but it's not yeah it's bigger than that so did these all I mean, belong to the Meta Science Foundation? Yes, they did. Okay. And it was more than one copy. I mean, they even had their own library. I mean, th- this is how thorough it was. Project St. Peter was so thorough that 
But what I gather happened is the telepathic medium would receive the message, would say it out loud or whatever, it would get recorded. It would then be transcribed by somebody on typewriter, letter for letter. Then multiple copies of it would be made, Xerox, for each individual person that needed, had the need to know for that particular part of the project. For Project St. Peter, I don't know how many copies there were, but there was definitely multiple copies. And there were videotapes, recordings that accompanied every single lab. I said, there's so much that we don't even have a full picture yet of how much there was. Yeah, it sounds like it's just it's an overload. I mean, well, you already said it, very, very thorough documentation. And especially in those times, you know, it wasn't all digital. So a lot of the stuff, the tran- obviously being transcribed, that stuff would be on, it's, it's lots and lots of paper, I assume right um, it is lots we of paper. Don't, we don't, they didn't have data warehousing back then <laughs> so uh you know <laughs> so it's a different world now but okay fine so with with that being said as far as i think we should discuss like kind of set this up as far as when we start going through the chronology of this some of the player i mean well at least some of the main points like for example we mentioned the the medium for example that we're going to be talking about a lot petra if i'm correct um mm-hmm. Who was who was this medium? I guess to start. I mean, very brief. I guess very briefly. Who was this medium? Sure. There's a quick reference to her uh, on the internet, and I'm not going to easily just give up her her. Uh, shall we say? I was going to say maiden name. I mean her her actual name because she used a, used a uh, pseudonym. Yeah. And um, she's referred to as Petra Damascus, and as the story goes, she appeared on George, George Meek's doorstep one day. I believe that was written by uh, Mark Macy on the World ITC website. Mm-hmm. And she describes early on in the first lab lesson, which is currently up online, which is what we're going to be referencing today. Mm-hmm. She describes how she was always a telepathic channel and she was led to George Meek by, yeah, they don't have exact specifics. It's a little vague there. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we kind of already talked about, as far as another point, like how the messages were documented. Obviously, there was, you know, as many means they had at the time, audio, video, transcribing to paper. So it, there was a lot of copies of this, of this evidence, let's say these artifacts put into place. Um but, you know, you mentioned also, as far as where it's stored, I mean, how did they fund this stuff back then? I mean, we said this is, you know, this happened 33 years ago. How was this being funded? Sure. I can only uh, expand upon the, the parts which I know. I do know that there was uh, an individual involved who was associated with um, the Sun Oil Company. And... Um, I do know. I mean, it's it's listed. And I'm not going to name specifics in some cases because I just think it's not absolutely required. Yeah. And I don't want to stick my neck out there too far. <laughs> but uh, when you read it, you'll you'll see that there is a certain there are a lot of fa- there are a lot of foundations mm-hmm. um, which were involved. Let me just skip one of that really quick. As people, some things people will find interesting. Some of the foundations that had representatives that were present at at least some of these laboratory lessons regarding Project St. Peter and the building of these devices included IBM, the pharmaceutical company, Lillian Squibb, mm-hmm. the ARE, the, Ed- the Edgar uh, Association for Research and Enlightenment, the uh, Quarters Foundation, 
And there's a couple others, some which still exist today, the Fetzer Foundation. Yeah, well, IBM is the, is the big one for me. Yeah, that's, that's like, the one I've that really yeah. never heard of them. Never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's the big one for me because I mean, having done a lot of work professionally with IBM uh, and just being exposed to that stuff my whole professional life. And also knowing a lot of their history. Yeah, doesn't that go back to the Nazis? And well, that's one thing they said that there were the IBM. I'm not saying that that's not tied in with this sure. at all. No, no, but, but I, I mean, there may be their interest in. I don't know. Well, I mean, any technology subjects or whatever that I don't know. I okay, yeah. I mean, I guess technology knows no bounds. I mean, if someone's trying to get, you know, I mean, IBM's a company. And their number one goal, their their driving goal is to make the most money possible, right? Um, right. My personal opinion, and that's, I mean, I hate to expound on this so much, but uh, my personal opinion, it, and when I saw IBM, that's kind of what you know turned all these gears up in my head was, okay, you know, they're obviously involved with this because they, you know, there may be something that they could use here, not as a weapon of mass destruction, uh, right. but, but a business tool. <laughs> you know I mean, I mean, think know, about- no, it's, it's perfect. You got, we got to bring up these points. In fact, we'll be much more comfortable discussing these points because we don't want people to just swallow what I'm providing as a story, yeah, hook, yeah. line, and sinker, and just think, oh, oh my God, it, it's, it's got to be real. It's amazing. Let me read every last word and live it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we have to look at it with an analytical mind, and there's some very, very interesting things when you start yeah. looking at it that way. Yeah, I mean, and and, and you're yeah. right. What if you know, what what's everybody's motives? It's always going to come into play. Well, I mean, any, yeah. I mean, the not, the big the big rule of business is you know the idea of business is you're able to see ten steps in front of you. That's how you get the edge. And that's how you make more money than your competitor. Well, right? can you imagine mm-hmm. your stock prices going up if you're like, we just came up with a device that you can talk to the dead with and it works. Well, that and like, also th- th- maybe not even just that. I'm not talking about making some some super product. I'm talking about actually having having access to things that give them an edge sure. in, the, in a market. You know, that right. may be just as important as going, hey, guys. Our new, you know, our Watson server systems we have here now can actually contact the afterlife. I mean, yeah. it's, that'd it's be a, some, you can do some catchy slogans. Oh, with it's that. crazy! Yeah, our servers <laughs> are so but, good right. they contact but the dead. On that point, yeah, it was interesting to see that IBM uh, was present at this thing. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, the other thing too with this, uh, another question uh, we want we want to another idea we want to point out here is, mm-hmm. I mean, why? I mean, and this is gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna lay this out probably very vague, and I apologize. But mm-hmm. why go to these extravagant lengths? Like we, like we've only touched on this a little bit so far. But this obviously was something that a lot of time was put into. A lot of documentation was being collected. Right? Why right. go to these completely these great lengths? Let's just say. That's a good question. And so as, as we go through these, this story and as we look at it, and hopefully some people take the time to read it because we won't be able to come to a judgment. And even then, you won't be able to come to a judgment until you've seen the whole picture. And even then, we might not have the whole picture. But um, I, you, in my, from my perspective, we can view it as one of two ways. Not that, not that everything's black and white, but either the whole thing was faked by the medium and she fooled 60 to 100 people. And they spent years of their lives following her, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's real. 
Right. Yeah. And so when when you read all these different things and, you know, granted, then again, too, we do have to acknowledge that in any form of mediumship, there's always a part of the medium's psyche uh, mentality that comes through. So, you know, while we like to think it's pure, it doesn't necessarily mean that it always is. So there could be a little bit of an element of that, too, that we'll have to just eyeball as we go through it. Yeah. But, you know, with, with Spiritcom, I know there was a, a gentleman that looked at it closely and came to the um, understanding or perspective that they thought it was a hoax, it was fraud, things like that. But the amount of research um, done into that, you know, is, is dwarfed by the amount of research that would be required for this. Just to give you an idea, I don't know how many labs there are. I know it expand, it's spanned over a year and a half. There are at least 14 lab books. Uh, there's probably at least a thousand pages, and that's just the laboratory books themselves. There's also audio cassettes. There's VHS tapes. Yeah, and you've you've got to wonder. So, say if you are a medium and you're employed by George Meek, which I believe she was. I don't have any records of that, but there were paid staff. You know, I don't know what their compensation was, mm-hmm. but it appears she was was full time in this job for um, at least a year and three quarters. One thing I want. If she was paid, what would be the point of going to this great length? Yeah, yeah. Why would you stand in front of people from organizations such as IBM and put on sunglasses and and act like you're channeling somebody? I mean, wouldn't you be scared to do that? I mean, you'd have to be really, really out there. Well, and and to to a couple of your points here, also Keith. um, As far as what you you mentioned a second ago, like documentation. I have Mark Macy, uh, God, that would have been about 13, 14 years ago now, longer than that, longer than that. Uh, Mr. Macy was nice enough to give me a copy. It's a condensed recordings. It's a more or less, a, uh, I would call it a, a sizzle reel, I guess you want to call it, something like that, mm-hmm. uh, of the Spiritcom recordings, right? There's an expanded, I know there's expanded recordings, you know, like, you know, less chopped up. But he, he gave me like the hour long uh, you know, with a lot of, you know, the high excerpts from the Spiritcom recordings. Now, the reason I mention that is that he sent me the cassette and it's it's a meta science cassette. It's labeled Meta Science Foundation. Um, right. So my point is, is like, it. It, it, you know, I'm like, OK, this isn't and it didn't. I mean, it's it's a label. It's a printed label like they, this was sent somewhere to be pressed proper. And it's done by 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 an organization. Right. Um, right. That's not saying that, you know, everything's true. I mean, I'm as open-minded as the next guy is. But to mm-hmm. your point on that, I mean, I'm just wanting to lay, put that out there also. Like, I have a copy of this cassette still. It was given to us, um, and I still have it in my archives, right? And it's well, not only that, that George Meek held a press conference with the press, the actual news press yeah. on Spiritcom. So he, he wasn't playing around. I mean, I don't think there's any question as to whether George Meek was, was an honorable man. Uh, I think there – as this story unfolds, and maybe other stories, it might seem we might come to discover that he had, you know, really good heart, and perhaps sometimes might have been overly trusting. But then again, I'm I'm not the man, and I was not in his shoes. Yeah. So one thing also we before we debt we're gonna we're getting there. We promise people. Um, we mentioned a few minutes ago um, the list of people kind of involved with this thing on what would be the heaven side of things. And we're mm-hmm. and as I agree, let's let's refer to that. It's a simple word to use to keep this thing straight in our minds. Um, you know, and 
the list was pretty impressive. You know, and I and I'll say the same thing when I read this initially, my eyes opened up. I'm like, this is a list of pretty big names. Uh, we already mentioned, you know, we mentioned John F. Kennedy, uh, uh, Bobby Kennedy. Uh, sorry, uh, General George S. Patton. Uh, and there's a handful of people on this list. Uh, we, Michael, is that? No, that's somebody yeah. else. Is it Michelangelo? It is. Yeah, yeah. It is. Okay. yeah. Michael, Einstein, Madame Mike, Curie. Yeah, okay, so I'm just flying through the list right now. This is just a couple people, right? Right. So mm-hmm. and it's something that was we wrote down about this was, well, why isn't it just John Smith who worked at EDS for yeah, 30 years I, and yeah. then passed away and you right. know and then he retired for a few years down the Florida and then he had a heart attack when he was fishing and he passed away and and why isn't it just that why isn't it just somebody who's not, who's non yeah, not just, a famous person why, why is it why is this list all people that well, I mean and these are influential people Einstein Michelangelo uh, yeah these guys right. kind of made a dent <laughs> they they kind of made their mark right so why so why whoa. Sorry. <laughs> was that your speaker? Accident. Missed that, out. that tripped me out. Headphones became unplugged. <laughs> so, I mean, why is it just, why is it, why aren't there any non-famous people involved with this thing? Like I said, like John Smith or somebody, you know? Well, I have the same uh, analytical understanding in that whenever you see who's who or, or um, what do they call it? There's terminology for that. Slang for name dropping. Um, oh, Yeah. It makes you always wonder, okay, what about everybody else? <laughs> you know, the famous celebrities represent what small percentage of the people that, you know, are, live and exist. So I think for that one, we're just going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait until later on. So it, it, is, it is something we look at. We say, okay, it's almost like this. It's, okay, <clears throat> there are famous people involved. They, we don't see any, any laymen. Okay, Mark one in the... Not so, such a great. Uh, how do I describe this? You know, when you're 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 uh, you're marking up points for a side during the team or a game or something like that. When we view something like this mentally, we can observe it and say, okay, this looks like it's likely, you know, maybe to not be mediumship, whereas this looks like it's definitely unique and strange information that they either wouldn't know or it just seems unusual that a person could know all of this. And so I think one of those that's one of those things, you know, only having famous people, that's something that to me goes in the right-hand column of, mm, I'm going to observe this with an analytical eye and see what happens. And that's just what we're going to have to do for that particular question. Well, to be fair, I mean, with Spiritcom, stepping back to that for a second again, I, Doc right. Mueller wasn't. That's he, a good point. He wasn't some he was famous guy. I mean, he 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 had a life. He was a person at one time, but he yeah, he wasn't a celebrity. He wasn't an exactly. influential person in history. He was just a regular guy. So yeah, I mean, he wrote just, an army manual. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, he did some, he did cool stuff, but again, he wasn't you know a president. He wasn't a world-renowned artist. You know, he wasn't a general <laughs> in an army. Uh, he was a guy, right? So I mean, that's, that's just something point. to think about. I mean, I. It, Again, I mean, analytically, that, that's a that's a fact with that thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, we mentioned we mentioned the materials a few minutes ago, uh, and uh, preservation of these materials you mentioned a few minutes ago also, mm-hmm. uh, and th- you say they're at risk. Why are they at risk? <clears throat> they're at risk because um, you know what? Let's come back to that in a minute. Is that yeah, okay? that's fine with me. 
I need to expound into an area real quick for a minute. <clears throat> so, so far, I know people are listening. They might be saying, but what is it? <laughs> like we haven't even <laughs> described what it is. And unfortunately, it's so interesting that it's hard to explain it to you unless you read it. But it starts off by yeah. an opening by the medium. It then goes into an, an address by President John F. Kennedy. And he talks on a lot of different subjects. Let me see if I could find a, maybe a paragraph that is of yeah, that'd be cool. importance. The fir- one of the first things, let's see. No, I mean, I mean, and this, I want to, I want to clarify something. At each of these mm-hmm. labs, is the medium is Petra using a special device that was created to connect with the other side, or is this just straight up trance mediumship? Straight up trance mediumship that would provide the instructions for the technical device. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Kind of like a helping hand. Gotcha. Okay. And so, let me, this is so hard to describe. It's so massive. Mm-hmm. So basically, instructions are given. The reason why they're called lab classes and the reason why they were documented, and you have to wonder when you read these and you look at the way it's written, it's almost like they knew it would be a long time before anything would ever be done with it. It's almost like they knew it needed to be documented. So somebody somewhere down the road would be able to figure out what the important principles were. Okay. So not only did they give technical principles, and I mean specific technical principles, not like, okay, go buy a coil of wire, get a voltage meter, you know, apply current with, at two amps. Mm-hmm. They did that, but it was much more specific than that. It was how big the room is, what the orientation of the room is, you know, the feng shui, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> everything about static electricity, uh, vibration, considerations we're giving for heat. Um, the description of it is very interesting. And there's pictures. They went so far as to make little hand models of the unfinished prototypes of the actual device. So not only did they make the device, they made Mini-Me. Mm-hmm. And they would use that to try to go out and describe to potential investors, I imagine, as well as perhaps volunteers, what this would do. And one of the devices actually looks like a satellite dish. Here's the interesting thing I need to, you know, a lot of this is, is clickbait. A lot of things that I say with the names and mentioning things, it is to get people interested. So you'll take that extra step of reading it and determine whether or not it's something you want to add to your your knowledge of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Toroids. You guys ever heard of toroids? No. No. It's kind of like a donut. <laughs> so it's an energy field with a donut. So it's a... They also make, there's a component named a toroid that has basically, it's like a donut, has a wire wrapping around it. It's kind of an infinite thing. If you look at it a different way from a different perspective, it appears to be like a black hole. There are references to uh, time and space travel, but they actually call it time translation. All right. And one of the devices looks like a satellite dish and it has these little toroids, which were presented to be certain sizes using certain gauge wire to be certain <clears throat> width apart to have certain cooling liquids to be shot through them so that they didn't overheat. I mean, it was exact. And they were so formal that say you had a question, say you're building this device, you got a question. You didn't just you know, email George Meek because he didn't have email. 
you would handwrite a formal note attached to that project. You would designate who it was you were trying to communicate with, who you were, what the date and time was, and you would indicate what question you had, which would then be passed all the way physically to the telepathic medium, I believe, who would then receive the answer and the process would go all the way back to the person and it would all be typed, transcribed, mailed, <laughs> the whole nine yards. I mean, formal. It wasn't like pick up the phone, hey, what do I do with this uh, capacitor? Yeah. In addition to the technical side, there's a spiritual element. And this is more important than the whole document itself. Because, and this is the part in my I chalk in column one for the amount of information that was given seems to be so, um, it feels correct to me. It describes how there is structure and order in the universe. There are hierarchies. There are organizational boundaries. There are organizations in heaven or paradise that have specific jobs, duties, functions, just like we do here. It's a whole structure, but he's not just hanging out, you know, fishing, listening to the radio. <laughs> and, they describe that the, these labs are a marriage, a combination of spiritual knowledge and science, physical laws matched with technology. So it's not just a document, a thousand pages on how to create this awesome device. It's instruction for average people like you and me. I mean, I could read it and I could understand most of the concepts with very, very specific wording. They chose their words very carefully. And as people read it, they'll see that things are said a certain way for a certain reason to evoke a certain feeling from us. Those are the important parts. Those are why, as I sat there and looked at it, I'm like, this has, has to get out to the public. It can't just sit and rot away. That's not doing anybody a good. And uh, so it's a marriage of technology and, and spiritual information. You will find information there, like I said, related to time translation. That's how they refer to uh, time travel. What's interesting is the technical device, one of them, had a laser that would conjugate back on itself. So it would do this big loop, and it would come back and join its original laser, you know, kind of like a feedback loop yeah. with a video, video ITC. It's interesting to note that there's a lot of... Um, technical descriptions that give a deeper understanding into ITC methods, including video ITC, that are mentioned in detail here. A lot of, and, and then when you look at this whole picture, then you realize, okay, if this wasn't real, this one person, a woman, was able to spend two years of her life, probably daily or a good portion of time, relaying information that she either had to know from books or just had to be an extremely well-rounded, educated person in all aspects and had to maintain that facade for that duration of time. And then we get into the, the little kickers, the little things. We may find in some lessons that there would be indications that information came through the medium that assisted George or assisted other people with personal things they were having, with health issues, with uh, events that were going on in their lives. There's all kinds of references to things that indicate what you see on the surface is not necessarily all that's there. I feel like questions. That, it, well, it reminds me. It reminds <laughs> me of Edgar Casey a bit. 
Yeah. Like, you know, that whole process of him going in a trance and then, you know, giving out all this health advice and information and, and even things about the future and, hey, there's stuff under the Sphinx's paw and mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. It just reminds wow. me of that. And then the fact that the ARE was interested in this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. We've called this, uh, the validity of this into question, I mean, just in conversation here, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we're all on the same page that we're looking at this analytically, that this is a story. Um mm-hmm. But, you know, once we're kind of just getting into the weeds of this thing, even at the podcast level that we're doing this on, um, right. it, it just observing it from the outside, there's a lot of effort, as we've already said, being put into this. And you just said something, you know, I, I don't want to be crass about this, but I, I tell people this often. It's, it's a really hard job to be a bullshitter all the time. <laughs> I mean, I don't know any nice way to say it. You got to be really good. Yeah, right? it's a really difficult job. You have to know how to cover your tracks. You have to know how to explain your way out of situations. Uh, some people, this is how they make their living. Mm. Some people, this is how they live their lives, right? It's tough. Right, and then you, you look at some of the, uh, I mean, I don't want to draw bad parallels here, but people that are labeled psychopaths, I mean, they can tell lies. They can believe, make up their own fiction. They can believe it. But they can't go on forever without you seeing through them. And their stories can't always match up. And that's the interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's just the one thing I'm, I observed here with that is just, there's a, it's, I guess it's hard to be able to maintain something like that for all this time. Right. And then there's, there's, well, there's other things. We know that George Meek was some of a thorough man. I mean, he didn't just, run around the world finding people that did things and say, Hey, let me watch, watch it one time and then say, wow, you're amazing. Come work with me. I mean, he had vetting processes. He had different things. He, he worked with more than one medium over the course. A lot of the things that he learned, in fact, I'd be willing to say he worked with mediums throughout the course of his work that that's what he did. And so I wouldn't, I would say it's, it couldn't be easy to fool him. And he ended up putting a lot of his own money into this. I mean, he, he his money dried up in mm. this project and the MetaScience Foundation before it was all said and done. He had nothing. Yeah. Or I'm making an assumption, but we can see that he, he was about out of money. He put a lot of his own money into it. So he was also personally invested. Yeah. So, all right. Lab class one. Been pointing over to this a bunch of times. February 5th, 1986. I think we've kind of touched into it already. Um, but do we want to kind of just go through? I, mean, we, I think we already opened up. You've said that this opened up with John Kennedy with a speech, basically. Correct? As far as correct. the chronology of the events here. Um, and I'm, I'm just kind of looking at our notes we have here right now. Um, 21 people. Uh, as called that. Well, then the 21 people we're talking about as far as that's on the heaven side, correct? And that's the list we already, we've kind of went through a little bit, and that's what Petra uh, named. Is that, do I have that correct, Keith? Um, not in this case. There's actually, it was said there was uh, 54 uh, people in heaven, at least on this one specific uh, council. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's hard to follow along with the names because this this is like an episode of Star Trek. As I'm reading it, We've got Alpha Unit Earth One 
which is yeah. uh, we've got Alpha Unit Earth <laughs> Two, which is the people on Earth here. We've yeah. got Science Science Team Seven. Yeah. But see, not Science Team One or Two or Three, Seven, <laughs> which is interesting. Um, let me see here. Let me scroll down. Here. There is all kinds of interesting things, and it's it makes you wonder um, why go to that extreme. I mean, <laughs> the farther we we go in, the more you have to wonder: is it real? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It makes for such interesting reading. I mean, there's the Solar Cross Federation. There's organizations that are administrative bodies. They're called Paradise Governing Councils. One of those councils is the Presidio Council, of which uh, President John F. Kennedy and other people are a member of. So it's not like we can just say, oh, it's it's you know Keith from my digital medium. It's actually different people uh, serving on different boards, organizations, councils, receiving instructions from different levels. It's like... It's kind of like the military. Yeah, yeah. Which it's very it's kind very of forgotten, left out. There's actually an organizational chart which we will be sharing soon that shows what the vision for uh, Meta Science and Project St. Peter was to be. And there was connections with the U.S. government, the Department of the Interior. Um, they wanted to send medical advice to help people. They wanted to send device that would probably help. You know, I mean, information that would probably help us with. You know global warming and things of uh, you know, economic impact. Mm-hmm. There were all these different areas, and the information was to be segmented and separated out to go to its respective um, sub-organization yeah. or routing. I mean, it was, it was complex. Yeah. I'm looking at, uh, we, we mentioned Kennedy and kind of his opening comments with this initial, the initial contact, I think. Um, he describes his involvement in an effort he refers to as actions for peace. Um, JFK, and this would have been very topical at the time, JFK references the NASA Space Shuttle Challenger, uh, and he uh, indicates that all spirit people witnessed the Challenger tragedy, which was right around that time, I think. I don't know the exact dates off the top of my head, but I know that was something that happened at the time. Uh, that was, you know, that's interesting to me. Because oh, all spirit people observe this. Well, what made that special? <laughs> was it just that at the time it was kind of happened around the same time that uh, Project St. Peter was happening and they wanted to say, hey, we sorry about that whole thing that went with the Challenger thing. That was really a tragedy. You know, I don't know if that's what sure. he was trying to say. Uh, or was it that it was that was something that was they, they noticed that that was really bad. It was something that we really are sorry that you that that you guys had to witness as people. That was an, that was something that had me kind of thinking, you know, what made the Challenger tragedy so special? Um, yeah, I need to expand upon that. Do you yeah. remember? Do you, do you remember that? I was in L- I was in elementary school and they sent us home that day. Yeah, yeah I remember too. it very well. Me too. Yeah, um, it was a really sad day. It was, it, and it was, it, it was, it was. Well, the fact that you know nowadays, I think. And maybe this is what makes it stick in our heads, and maybe that's why this was called out by Kennedy in this thing. Because um, nowadays, videos of disturbing things are mm. are thrown around like draft beer at a frat party. I mean, it's <laughs> right. you can go on any social media outlet and watching somebody get the living hell beat out of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Which 
when I when a few years ago I thought, oh, that's pretty funny. But now it's it bothers me. It's 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 hard to watch someone just get the crap kicked out of them, right? Um, mm. However, I think that there is. The essence of that is just desensitizing people to a certain degree that they don't they don't even respond to things like that. Now, right. going back to the Challenger tragedy, that video is it's it's available far and wide now. Pictures are available far and wide, and they were available back then. With this 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 happened on national live TV, the damn yeah. thing exploded. Um, and watching the rockets shoot off the side of the main, you know, the main booster, just kind of going in some weird, wild direction, the whole thing was a horror to watch. Um, as a kid, I didn't quite understand it that much. I knew it was something bad; people died. But as an older man now, imagining what was happening in that cockpit, right? Right. Um, that's what makes me, and just the images themselves, going back to the idea that we didn't see stuff like that back then. That's something you didn't see very often, like uh, a disaster like that happened in front of your eyes on live TV in front of you. Um, now now it's, right. you see it all the time. It's easy to see. Yeah, it. and there's, um, you know, there's, there's lots of spoiler alerts. I'm going to have to try to remember myself to not give up because I – can't keep a secret for squat uh, when it comes to, especially with my wife. Yeah. If I tell her that, but um, um, it was it was the reference to challenge to a space shuttle challenger was mentioned in a in terms of compassion, um, and later on I can't remember which lesson because it's so much I'm relearning as I go through it because I've only been through it once, and uh, there are references later on to technical implications uh, surrounding why it crashed, why it, uh, the issue was present, why the tragedy occurred. Well, here, I, I don't mean to that. cut you mm -hmm. off, Keith, but I just, you know, I do have the internet in front of me. Uh, I did look in January 28, 1986, and Lab <laughs> 1 happened on, I just had a February 5th, 1986. So we're talking a week or two, right? right. So that's, I mean, so we could easily say like, well, this was just topical at the time. That would be the easy way to say it. Like, hey, how are you? Sorry about the thing that happened a while back, because that was a that was a that was a global not a global disaster, but that was a disaster that was recognized by the world, right? Sure. So so back to the analytical mind. Yeah. The part of me says, okay, they mentioned the spatial challenger. It's it's more uh, clickbait. I'm just going to use that term very loosely. Yeah. It's more clickbait. So mark a chalk mark up in the right hand column for, you know, not evidential to me personally. Mm -hmm. However, we have to wait and see to when it's referenced again to see what's said about it to make a full assessment. <laughs> no, yeah, agreed 100%. Um, going, I'm just kind of going through our notes again here to moving forward. Sure. Holy Winds is a reference to the science definition of the mm -hmm. ethers. JFA mm -hmm. indicates there are, and this is what we mentioned a minute, I mentioned there are 53 more people working closely with him. Um, JFA uh, K begins listing 10 areas of communication and associated team and the associated team team chairman. And this is what you were telling. You said you guys are going to release like kind of like a chart of this, uh, the, the, the layout, right? We will. I mean, it's kind of the thing where 
I wanted to mention this earlier. There's so much to remember. Um, this information, I've become aware of it for the last two years. It took me that long. First of all, to decide, was it supposed to be public? Was it okay to make it public? Yeah. Um, you know, and it's been 33 years. So as I look at it, I kind of realize over time, it took a while for me to say, okay, maybe it's okay. Because, I mean, you know, especially when there's different people's names listed and, and opinions of things and I mean, who knows? But I just lost my train of thought. That's, That's okay. okay. No, we're it, well. This think, is a lot we're trying to bite well, off. Well, and you think and, you about know, things it's, it's, like this. So mm-hmm. this, these documents that have been hidden in a warehouse or someone's basement forever, they're not mm-hmm. readily available on the internet. And all of a sudden, by some chance happening, the people that have them can meet up with your brother and deliver mm-hmm. them down to you in Florida. And, and you like to mm-hmm. think of these conductors on the other side. Um, Maybe they're facilitating not, this. Maybe yeah, a not sitting. O- not, not only that, but there's references to technical implications that, um, shall we say, mirrors aspects of my work that I don't think everyone would recognize. Ah. Not to say I'm overly special. However, there are things <laughs> in it that uh, there are parallels, which are, are surprising. Um, yeah. Let's see. Okay, so we can keep going down that list. Yeah, yeah. Boys, so, so, I mean... Just think of what it would have had to have taken. So he just listed off different areas of communication and the associated person and spirit that was responsible to act as one of the head people of that particular team. Correct. Right? So yes. so say it was science, then Dr. Albert Einstein was one of the primary leaders of that particular group. So you've got whatever governing bodies, and then you've got the councils, which then roll down to the other councils, which then roll down to teams, science teams, which then get branched out to other teams. You got to wonder, okay, so if you're going to try to make a name for yourself or whatever the case may be, you're going to sit there and you're going to draw up a chart of, of you know, organizations, let's just call it you know, the, the Spaceship Alliance Fleet, you know, Spock, just imagine what that would have to take to sit there and to yeah. go through all this list and then to try to remain consistent over time Well, without a computer. The one thing that kind of – and I, I say disturbed in a funny manner with this because, yeah, I'm looking at just the simple list here we have in the notes. Uh, fine arts, Michelangelo, medical team, Rudolf Steiner. Uh, I, law enforcement team, Robert Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, right? Um mm-hmm. And you say that this kind of branches off and branches off and from, you know, into, you know, smaller, lower levels of the hierarchy, right? The mm-hmm. thing that I'm like, so what I find funny is we mentioned the thing about why is it, why is it these people? Why is it famous people or influential people? Um, and I found it kind of funny, like, wow, this is. And I, I don't know any nice way to say it. This looks like this could become a really nasty bureaucracy really quick, <laughs> with all these la- <laughs> with all these layers of people. I mean, we both know this, and Amber knows this. Uh, you know, if you do any type of work for a bigger company, uh, the you know la- layers and layers of things you have to go through just to get a simple thing done sometimes can be just painful, right? And that's a direct result of of kind of what we're seeing here is like layers and layers. However, I mean, that's, I, maybe that's 
maybe that's the only way that things can really work is when you compartmentalize people into smaller jobs, right? Give them law enforcement, right? This is going to be your thing. So this, because yeah, I mean, and to be fair, I mean, no one person or not even like a team of five people in this case could know everything or take all these different jobs, right? So maybe you do have to take like we do here. Say, okay, well, we need an expert on, go ahead. Yeah, let's bring that. Okay, so law enforcement. Yeah. Law enforcement? I mean, out of all the things, could it be like, um, I don't know, liaison between the universal symphony and the, I mean, law enforcement? Why why such a plain thing? I mean, I'd be curious to find out what is the spirits, what is people in spirits perspective on law enforcement? Well, that, yeah, that prevention. Do you mean like the psychology? I mean, what exactly? That's probably why I'm pointing that one out too, because that when I saw that, I'm like, well, what the hell? What laws are we breaking? Secret things like spirits aren't supposed to do, like just randomly appear to you. (laughs) You know, like that's why we don't see them, or they get in trouble. Like if they actually pulled your hair, like they actually got a ticket on the other side. You know, like I always think of like (laughs) weird stuff like that, like. Well, it's all funny, but you raise you raise an interesting point though. Houdini's wife about. dies, and she can't. Was it his wife or no? Was it his mom or what's the famous what Houdini? When I Houdini died, was, was it his wife? I was wife. Yeah. Okay. So. so when she dies, you know, she's like, "Oh, hey, hey, guys, hey, I gotta go bring a message back to my husband." Oh, no, 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 you can't. Like, oh crap, you know, because that's what the spirit police say. But I don't know. It's kind okay. of fun to think about. It's like a sci-fi it's fun novel. Fun to think about. However, Keith, I want I want to throw. I just I I this is gonna be asked. Right. We have to say this because mm-hmm. not too far down from these the, the list we were talking about here. Um, JF, JFK says he's been in communication with George Meek for 17 months at this time. Right. Mm-hmm. Putting the initial contact date approximately July 1985. JFK describes an instrument that is highly is a highly sophisticated electronic crystalline instrument designed by man in collaboration with the high order of intelligence of paradise okay that sounds really cool and i want to talk more about that however mm-hmm. y- yeah and I, th- this is not a question towards you this is a this is this is a probably a rhetorical question um however i think it needs to be said out there though too sure why the hell do we have to go through all <laughs> this why couldn't okay look guys we're in heaven you guys are on earth and here's a whole bunch of stuff that you're screwing up. So we're just going to just, somebody's going to come down here. They're going to appear. <laughs> I don't know any way to, how to say it. They're going to appear and they're going to give you proof that they're from heaven. Dude, I'm from mm. heaven. Here's my card. All right. Oh, see, there, therein my, lies one of the main issues is, oh. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. What, what were you going to say? We're making the assumption that they want to prove to us that there's life after death. Yeah. Okay. That's right. why I want to ask the question. I'm not doing this. To, I'm not debating. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, yeah, I want to understand so, this too. Go ahead. This is something I'm not fully expressing and I cannot express as well as the words that are written on the paper is the amount of compassion and you know that sentence you just said, the specificity, that's a hard word to say, mm, yeah. of why did they word it that way? Highly sophisticated electronic crystalline instrument designed by a man in collaboration with the high order intelligence of paradise. Couldn't you just say device? Yeah. Right. So why that specific choice of words? Does it have meaning? And I mean, I'm, I'm a Virgo, so perhaps I'm at fault for looking too into everything. You know, I'll read someone and say why. And I'm like, why, why? 
you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, we look at the, the fine tooth uh, details throughout the entire lab books. The message that comes through, far more importantly than any technical knowledge, is they want to help humanity learn. They want to help humanity understand yes. science, the limitations. Of, wait, they actually go into descriptions and they go into um, what I call that. You know, they would do setups of experiments that were meant to be visual aids to describe to people exactly what these scientific terms of uh, energy, what they meant. They went to great lengths to keep everything in its in its own specific terminology. They didn't try to make feel, people feel stupid. Uh, though there is a little bit of interesting, there is a little bit of interesting personality quirks that come through later on. Mm-hmm. But the, the overall message is, and the reason why I had to move forward was at least getting this out there somehow, the overall message is we are here to help you should you want to help yourselves. The same general thing that we have with uh, ETs, other life forms, aliens. It's oh, just the same message in here. It's person to person too. That's that's the the idea of therapy and and helping people in general. Um, look, you gotta you gotta want to help help yourself before I mean, right. really i mean i'm here to help you but you got to want to help yourself too so it's it's an open arm it, they're open arms and it's it's kind of to me uncanning how similar those ideas are you know mm-hmm. and, and i mean i guess it goes to that idea you know as on earth as it is in heaven <laughs> you know i mean if you want to throw it that way i mean it all kind of is related when it when it comes to those ideas oh, um, that's another interesting thing it's not in this lesson that we have up online right now, which is lab one, part one. But as I was making notes today, they actually said everything that happens here in your earth understanding or your, your perception yeah. already, ha- already happened in heaven. Oh, okay. And I believe that was a, a hint at the Akashic records. I was going to say, also yeah, that's like, in, yeah. In the reference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like even other dimensions or something like, there's some science there. Well, okay. <laughs> JFK says the purpose of this instrument is an instrument of electronic communication so far in its technical advancement that it could well assist the swing, all time swings that science has found, discovered, and noted. Reference to, and you put that in your notes here, Keith, uh, reference to time travel, right? Right. Um, At least how we perceive time travel. I mean, we have a different notion of it due to, to Hollywood movies, but. Time travel itself is could probably be defined as as the as a good luck with that one, Keith. Yeah, as, as a different understanding of the perception of time. That's all. I, I, the way I, I compare it to is if if you're looking, say there's a grocery store. You know how they have all the aisles. Mm-hmm. If you're standing at the end of one aisle looking down, you only see one aisle. But if you move back another hundred feet, say outside the store, and they have glass windows you can now see down all 50 aisles. I think of, of this like that. <laughs> That's my best analogy. Yeah. JFK indicates the instrument will have the crystalline quartz capacity to translate time. I just was, right. saw this when, when you were mentioning that. Opening a corridor. Portal. And there's actually, uh, correct, that, that's the essence of it, opening yeah. a portal. I mean, portal is a, a buzzword these days, but essentially that's what they said. And... He, you got to look at the, uh, the the terminology. He also says universes, uh, 
plural, <laughs> not universe. Um, there's a lot of interesting things that you got to wonder. These days, we're like, oh, that's pretty cool. But you got to think 33 years ago, some of these things were truly revolutionary. Oh, yeah. If it's okay right now, I think I'd like to read one paragraph just because it might give a good feeling, perception. All you. And this is, this is JFK. This is uh, a, what's purported to be a channeling of President John F. Kennedy. He says, our science, our science 7 team is now simply prepared, given Divine Paradise permission to commence and complete this divine instrument that shall challenge science shall have the crystalline quartz electronic capacity to translate time, and thus a quarter shall be opened by the utilization of every science law known to man and the unfoldment of every law known to the universal paradise civilizations. And through that corridor of light and sound, in a visual, you, the members of the IBM Corporation, ARE, Quartus, Metascience, Fetzer, Lilly, and Squibb, and on down the list, each of you shall be offered an opportunity to submit your own questions, though there shall only be one day out of seven mm-hmm. where individuals may ask questions. As you see, there's already been prepared a refined course of knowledges to be sent to Earth to help you and your fellow Americans to help all countries of the world. End paraphrase, or end quote. Mm. Connection. <laughs> Pretty crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't just say, you know, he doesn't just say, we're going to make a device, we're going to help you out. I mean, he goes into detail. Every word is very carefully chosen. It's carefully chosen, and this is what I recognize, not just so that people reading it will think it's genuine. It's carefully chosen because they know it's going to be analyzed by people of a scientific and analytical mind who are going to take the terminology and the wording and and analyze it and inspect it and flip it around and upside down every which way, and they know that, and you can tell when you read it. Well, here's another thing to point out, too. He notes that participants will be able to submit questions one out of every seven days, right? And then after that, he says, knowledge and information has already been prepared to send to Earth. So to me, that's like cart before the horse, right? Right. Um, But what that says to me is they they may already know what we're going to – well, not may. They probably already know what we're going to ask. And they have all this stuff prepared and ready to go. And it'll be more or less, oh, that's the question. Okay, we'll send it. You know, you see what I'm saying? On a more, on a more you know, simple level, I guess. It seems to me that the way that was worded it says that we already know what you're going to ask. <laughs> Def- definitely. Um, I mean, haven't you ever wondered? I, this is a small capsule version of what I feel uh, – might be true in in my perspective of the world and life. Doesn't it seem that the reason that the Akashic Records exist and the reason that when we have readings with mediums, and I've had a lot, by the way, and they come up with all these details that end up happening, doesn't it seem like what we're... and, And since there's also hints at people from the past coming to us people from the our future selves coming back helping us things like that yeah doesn't it seem like we're living our lives and then we're going back and we're reliving it again and rewriting it over and over and over until it's perfect or back to the beginning again yeah do you ever get that sense yeah i i do i i feel i mean it, i mean if you want to keep it really goofy i mean i mean uh, deja vu <laughs> things like that uh 
I, there's times I feel like I'm reliving something that I never really lived before. I felt that at times in my life. Uh, I can't explain it. Uh, and maybe, maybe that is something that I'm being tested by some greater universal thing that says, all right, you did this before and you cocked it up. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we want to see, we're going to run you through this exercise again and see, and you should have learned, you know, in the greater span of things, let's say, and this time around, you should do better. Maybe you don't, maybe you do. Uh, right. And that's just one <clears throat> perspective on that's just me. Um, however, I'm scanning down the notes here again. Mm-hmm. JFK references a short prepared dissertation that he personally delivered on January 28th, 1986. I don't have any specifics as to where he delivered that yet. However, as I go through this, um, and obviously that was what in close or quick succession uh, following the that no uh, that was the same challenge. day it was the date that was the same day as the challenger mm-hmm. disaster yeah. that just stuck I out i just any, looked at it a second yeah. ago you know i'm like oh that's kind of okay that's weird no and that's cool i just noticed that 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 right was kind right of and the que- and uncanny. we have all these questions and i'm hoping some people in the future will read this and say oh i noticed this or oh i noticed that maybe we'll make some kind of i, I kind of look at this text as a I don't want to draw parallels again because they're bad examples, but mm-hmm. it's like a Bible or like the lost, like lost Dead Sea Scrolls for ITC. Yeah, the kind of thing that if uh, a collaborative group of people come together, read it, and say, you know what, this is of value, whether or not it was real. Yeah, it's of value, and that's another thing I forgot to mention earlier. Even if the whole thing's fraud, the whole thing's fake, it still has educational value because it would. We would look at the past. We would say, here's what happened. Yeah. Um, if this guy was let on, here's here's the result, the people that were hurt and the things that occurred. Here's something we need to be more careful with in the future, right? Yeah. So yeah. if it's real, it's amazing. If it's fake, it's still amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. history. It's history, yeah. Yeah, it's history. And, we, and we're going to repeat our mistakes if we don't learn from it. Yeah, we could be in the same shoes again. Mm-hmm. You ever meet people in life, and as you meet them, you're like, they remind me this other personality I know they look like them they've got the quirks they've got all these things it's like a reiteration or continuation of the same person yeah oh yeah several times this is kind of like that I think if this happened back then we now see people in the paranormal and ITC communities accepting the energy factor accepting more of a natural we all can do this kind of thing Mm -hmm. what's going to happen we're creating an energy field right now what's going to happen when these miracles start to happen again they're already starting to happen and it is coming now Mm -hmm. are we ready this time to understand why the technical devices can help us are we you know are we still in the old school thought of i'm going to prove everything i just have to make something that works and it's awesome well you know i think we may have had this conversation before keith when we talked last time and as far as how we are as people and how we think and where we're going as people, uh, it's, it's a pretty easy thing to say, I guess, that, well, just 50 years ago, I could have never imagined having something in my hand that when I touch it, it responds to me, right? Right. Uh, for better or for worse nowadays. Um, but we're seeing things. Here, what I always point this one out. I point this out all the time. 
I thought the idea when I used to watch Star Trek and stuff when I was a kid, the the idea that those guys could talk, uh, you know, in a microphone and look at a screen and have two way communication with someone with audio and video in sync would was mind blowing to me. It was just, right. it was the coolest thing ever, right? And we can do that now. I can mm-hmm. set up something on on, a, on, a, on any little laptop on one on my smartphone. And do that. People do that all the time now. I don't really neglect that, I guess. I, I, I see it for what it is. Like, wow, that's a technical wonder right there. Somebody made that work. Where are we going? It is, and, and you got to wonder if, if – okay, I mean, so many things come at me so fast. I'm going to try to hit them all. <laughs> Number one, when we hear a crystalline structure, we're like, okay, big deal. It's a crystal. Everybody's got them. They're everywhere now. And, and it's true. They are. I've got one right here that's – you could fit like five of them on my pinky thumbnail. But um, so that's just one aspect of it. Another aspect of it is it's a good time for me now to mention another paragraph that I just scrolled down to. And I, I know this is like an ADV, ADD person's uh, party because we get to just bounce around, bounce around, yeah. no particular order. But it's kind of what we got to do to keep it interesting. No, and, and, this, and, and, and we're, just discuss, we're discussing this, and we're and we're we're kind of going down the list. But let's, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm cool with going. Let's let's hear let's hear this. What you wanted to you wanted to put out there, so please. On on page twenty, <clears throat> President John F. Kennedy, as channeled through the uh, telepathic medium, the telepathic channel, he says, "Quote: These excerptions are to be noted by the science nobles." attesting to the true faith clause of earnestly desiring peace on earth as divinely compassionate free gifts of knowledge sent directly to them. In this holy action, a reviewer with a modicum of scientific knowledge or technical basic understandings of the unexplained energies that control, regulate, vitalize, and support the atmospheric energies of earth <sighs> may well be choked with <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> right? So, yeah. They go to great lengths to describe, in essence, what that was saying. And, and I feel like I'm translating the Bible. I really do. I mean, I, I grew up with that, and uh, I don't currently study it, but it reminds me of reading a paragraph and taking it apart bit by bit and understanding what's being said. They're basically saying, we're doing what we're doing, so scientists will read what we're doing if they ha- if they believe in what we believe in, which is an end of war, peace for all, then they can have peace. We're going to give them these free gifts, and they're also saying we're not we're making it less complicated. We're explaining uh, terms of science in a way that is understandable to anybody that has uh, even a basic understanding of knowledge. And granted that we all work with computers these days. I could say that most of what's in here is is understandable. And there's even, uh, not only are there these labs, there's also communications, audio cassettes, VHS tapes. Uh, tapes. There's There could be like, okay, today's Monday. Okay, Keith, there's a special message today. Today's message is on the ther- thermodynamic uh, principles of energy surrounding such and such, such and such. And they'll actually deliver a fully technical paper in regards to that one particular scientific principle this this i mean I, yeah. yeah go ahead i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you I mean, oh no not at all if if you're trying to fake something i mean why would you take on tasks like that i mean could you imagine because there were some scientific people among the people that were involved it wasn't just all there were people that were didn't obviously didn't work in computers but just 
were not technically minded whatsoever. Yeah. They had their own different gifts. There were people that were secretaries, people that did administrative tasks, and people that built models, people that researched properties, you know, wrote up pamphlets, uh, got parts. There's all kinds of crazy stuff. And um, each of them was described as having their own specific particular role to play. And as we go through the lessons, a lot of them, which are uh, telepathically communicated uh, by Dr. Albert Einstein, at least as we perceive it, he gives lessons and descriptions of things. And sometimes it seems like he's almost belittling, but kind of like in the fun way that a, a teacher would do, like a professor. You know, they would give you concepts, and it wasn't always perfect that you understood what they were trying to convey. But it was always in a mostly humble, loving, and compassionate manner, which is hard to do. I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I'd have to train myself to be that yeah. uh, well-spoken or, or understanding of, of how people can perceive things. But they took very special care to make sure that they worded everything a very specific way. Well, here's the thing with that. As you're, as you're saying this, what their, what their goal is here. The basis of any type of way of marketing technology is simply put in the fact, I should, uh, I'm trying to string this together. The basis of marketing technology is to make complicated things that do amazing things very simple for people. All mm -hmm. right. I, I, that's the best way I can say it. Um, when it comes to tech, you know, working in computers and technology and stuff like that, yeah, I know personally what I do, a lot of what I do during the day is to explain things to people in, in, a, different, in a different manner than just going through all the technical babble, right? I do mm -hmm. break it down and make things simple for people. What technology has done for people and what we're experiencing now is this idea like, like I said, two-way communication uh, with video and audio in sync together, right? Simple mm -hmm. thing. It seems like such a simple idea, but you can't expect the average person, a person who you know who works in construction or something. And I'm not, you know, nothing I'm saying here is belittling anybody in their in their trade, right? But you can't expect an average an average person who's like works in a construction site and does work like that to understand the finer points of telephony, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Um, so you have people who said, well, Hey, you know what? I mean, at least it, what our interests are as people is, Hey, you know what? This would be something people could find really useful and find really cool. So let's find an easy way to make this really simple for them. And we can market this and we could probably make a lot of money doing this. Right. And then we get something like Skype, which does exactly mm -hmm. that. And I can go to, I can go and download Skype for free and set up an account. And I can use Skype. It's what we're using right now, as a matter of fact, um, mm. because people put some time into that, and they and they and they worked on it and got it to the point where it's very simple to use. You don't have to understand how a microprocessor works or how telephony works anymore. It's already done. That work is done, right? So, right. taking that idea, and it's it applies exactly to what we're talking about here. The finer points of instrumental transcommunication with spirits, with who, whatever name we want to call them, we both know that, I mean, with, 
what knowledge I have, and I am barely, a, I mean, I'm a layman. I've got my experience, but I don't know all the finer points of that stuff. I mm. don't. We have people that are saying, or spirits that are saying, we know you can't figure it out. We're going to help you. We're going to make it simple for you, okay? So the difference with this is they're saying they're doing it. They just want to do it for free. You guys need, I mean, but my, my, like where my mind goes is back to the why of this thing. Mm-hmm. Do these people or these spirits, famous or not famous, see something in front of them for us that may not be very good? And are they trying to find a way to say, look, we don't have to have it this way. We can make things better. We need to offer assistance to our friends on the ground. Definitely. And, um, you know, the message that I'm reading here in in these lessons, it parallels exactly what we've heard from, uh, what's the most common term, aliens, ET, extraterrestrial. I mean, they're all interchangeable these days, it seems. But, you know, how they've documented how the occurrence of sightings they believe may have spiked uh, once we detonated the first nuclear bomb. Yeah. And the oh, general, totally. general yeah. belief yeah. and messages that as a result of that, we prompted them to take action and uh, assist in a not indirect, usually indirect way. Um, one thing I forgot to mention is that prior to Project St. Peter, uh, I suspect before the beginning of it, um, one of there appears to exist a recording of the first lady Eleanor Roosevelt's uh, voice on VCR tape, which prompted, I imagine my suspicion is that was likely one of the things that um, helped secure or bolster the medium's uh, credibility in, in Mr. Meek's eyes. I'm not sure. And whether that tape still exists or not, I don't know, but it's referenced in here. And one thing that um, Eleanor Roosevelt said in the same Lab One, Part One, that we're discussing today. Yeah. Quote, feel the peace. Feel the peace, paradise, and know in your souls that there shall be no war upon the earth. Be part of that action. Allay the fear of man. Do not generate, please, more fear, concern, and alarm. Be participant and active in this holy work. End quote. And I know there's a lot of references, um, you know, having, like I said, grown up uh, in in religion as as a youngster, I'm familiar with all the terminology, and I do realize that now it certainly seems a little outdated. There are a lot of references to holy. There's a lot of of reverence that is applied when they when they speak about the principles, the fundamentals, and people, and just the level, degree, the pedigree of which. these things are brought forward. Yeah, will become obvious once somebody reads it. Well, I, I'm noting here too. I'm looking at just going through this, and uh, JFK says that the one requirement for for evolved spirit communicators to work with man is, and I say this in quotes, uh, acknowledgement of a vital life source, a living light that sets into motion the cyclic. I said that right, didn't I? Cyclic uh, yeah. clock <laughs> of man's daily life as lived on Earth. Um, and again, it's that reverence you're talking about, you know, this, this, this yeah, I mean, right. Source. Couldn't they just say one requirement is you got to believe in life, man. Yeah. No, it, it's, and it's, they describe it in a poetic way. 
it's not just, um, like I said, it's not just a technical way. It's not just uh, an informal way. It's very formal. Acknowledgement of a vital life source, a living light that sets into motion the cyclic clock of man's daily life as lived on Earth. It's I mean. a, it's very poetic. It's beautiful sounding. Actually, <laughs> it's 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 nice to read. Um, but you know what is peace? You know, I mean, and I, that's a really big question to ask. But what really is peace? I think peace means a lot to different people. Sure. Right? Um, it appears that in this context. Um, it's a general statement, and it appears that nuclear war was one of the primary concerns because it's, oh, yeah. it's very expounded upon in depth. And this was 1986. I don't think nuclear war wasn't was still the end of the Cold War, right? Yeah, yeah, it was still the end of the Cold War. Yeah, I think there's nuclear anything with the word nuclear attached to it always gives people goosebumps. Um, but yeah, in this case though. Nuclear war, and I, uh, yeah, that's on the notes here too. Uh, JFK says that self-destruction of the human race will not be accepted, including nuclear war. Um, right, and that's talk about a firm statement. I mean, that's not in quotes, but when I read it, he said something to the effect of "we will not accept." Like uh, it wasn't like you know, you guys. It was it was like, hey, little kids, you're not you know, stop slapping each other. <laughs> you're not going to kill each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not going to let you. <laughs> but that makes me think about this, like people, us, these fleshy bags of water uh, that walk around this very heavy existence we have bound by gravity. Now, we're having someone say to us, listen, like you just said, yeah, stop slapping each other. You're not going to kill each other. What the hell makes us so important that this will not be accepted, as JFK said? That's what makes me, and it's not, again, it's not a question for you, Keith. It's just a question in general, like, that makes me think, like, why are us, these, the fleshlings down here, so important? What is our role in this entire machine, this, this structure of existence, I guess, we have? Yeah, I see. That makes yeah, me question. very um, hard. Like, you, look, yeah, well, you guys are not going to kill yourselves. You need to be here, okay? Yeah, right. And right? I've heard I've heard a lot of other stuff um, that was channeled by people in spirit, and that's a general term, people in spirit. I'm just going to use that to refer to anybody that okay. isn't here in a body now that we know of. Yeah, uh, it makes it easier. But generally, it appears to be um, things that we do here in this physical vibration does not just affect our vibration. So apparently, just like we can hear and record EVPs that are initiated in their vibration, passing through at least to some degree somewhere into our vibration, the same thing can occur with nuclear bombs. And I don't know, I'm not going to say it's all physical effect too. I think some of it's physical, some of it's vibrational. Uh, I've heard I've heard all kinds of things separate from Project St. Peter to the effect of, you know, places in the spirit world could cease to exist because it's our imagination or energy which helps support part of their environment just like part of their supports ours. So it's kind of like you can't blow up Hawaii because that tidal wave is going to hurt somebody in Japan, it seems. Well, and you just hit the nail on the head, though, of kind of what I was thinking, too, was there there is a relation between, let's just call it the spirit world and the physical world. Or what we may, what what could be heaven, what could be paradise, 
there may be a relation here. And I'm not saying they depend on us, but yeah, our, our bullshit, stupid actions we pull down here sometimes as people that I have a real problem with personally, uh, they could have a bigger effect. You know, I think that's one of the, the biggest, biggest downfalls of, of humankind is just that is I think some of the, the biggest issues we've had has come from this idea of lack of lack of perspective and lack of the idea that, yeah, you know what? I'm not the center of the universe. I'm, I don't control everything. And if I do this stupid thing that I'm doing right now, it's going to have an effect on a lot of other people around me in a very negative way. We've seen this over and over and over again. So this idea, to me at least, may have a, you know, a, a universal effect that what we may be doing here, even little things we do have cast this whatever negative juju out to the universe. I don't know. <laughs> right? Sure. Well, I mean, if you look at historically, if we believe any of the, the theories about, you know, our past existence, um, it seems like we've been here before over and over and over and over and over and over. And perhaps, yeah. Perhaps each time is our next chance to not screw it up. I mean, with Atlantis and you know all these different things, yeah, all these civilizations we don't even know about. Now we're like, okay, the Earth's way older than we thought, and it just keeps getting older. Yeah. So you got to wonder, you know, what happened last time? Is it going to happen again? Yeah. Um, you it, mentioned- does, it does seem to be like a uh, like one of those books where you choose your own ending. Choose you know, your own back adventure. In the day. <laughs> we got a pile of them up in our up in the upper yeah. part of this house. I pulled right them now. out of the garbage somewhere. <laughs> garbage picker, <laughs> garbage picker. They're in good shape. Right. And um, each time you start it, and sometimes you make a different choice, yeah. thinking that you know where it's going to take you. Yeah. But at, at, eventually, at the end, you just reach a page that says the end. <laughs> and they were fascinating because yeah. in those stories, there'd be some times when you would find something familiar, like I already know this page. I've been here before. Like deja vu, mm, but then so, uh, yeah. it's just kind of how I see it. It's almost like we're, my perspective, it is like we're just living over and over again, thinking that there's time and there really isn't. Well, and what you said is a very profound idea, though. To me, you come to a page and it looks familiar to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is deja vu. It is that idea of that, and I guess that's where. Existence, you know, existence as a person in spirit or a person in body, I guess. Uh, that's where it comes into play. Like, I've been here before. I got to do the right thing. I, this oh, is, keep, I, I got to do the right thing. I was we thinking. Keep going back to, go yeah. I, well, I was, I was thinking earlier back to our original uh, when we first started the show about why these names, like these blatantly famous names, like. And then I couldn't help but think of like the reincarnation of consciousness. These certain people that are so charismatic, they're so smart, they seem divinely inspired by something. They stand out among other people. Yeah. And maybe they're a type of consciousness that maybe it's not really JFK she's talking to, but it's the right. it's that consciousness that embodied J, yeah, yeah, that embodied JFK's human form on the planet. Form dies. That consciousness goes back up, and then she's able to interpret that consciousness as JFK at that time because that's the best way someone like her can identify with it at the time that she's speaking. Because, yeah, I don't know. I just think of stuff like that. Or maybe that essence, oh, yeah. that essence is just wise. Maybe. Well, yeah, yeah it's an maybe, evolved consciousness yeah, maybe, that you know, keeps going yeah. on. And maybe that is, you know, why we have 
people that are more famous than yeah, other like people. Yeah, like Tesla. Or like or, just people that seem, people. Yeah. seem a little bit more. Well, I mean, people who invent things. People, yeah. we have, we hear about this. Like, they just have a different take on yeah. life. Like, we hear about eccentrics. Like, you know, I, I know a handful of eccentrics professionally. And there's some weird cats. <laughs> there's some weird people. <laughs> right. But they're brilliant. Oh, my God, are they brilliant. Well, and a lot of them will say that they receive the information, like, through a sudden vision, a, a dream. It just comes to them suddenly. It's it's just yeah. boom. It's not like, hey, I studied for a real long time, and then I came up with this idea, which people do. Yeah. But the ones that seem to make the biggest difference um, have those similar characteristics. Tesla, Edison, yeah. Lincoln, they mm-hmm. all did that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. Yeah, this is... Sorry, we 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 we, we kind of really went. We were way in the weeds for that one. <laughs> oh, that's all right. We, we spiral over the place. Now I have to mention it because yeah, you, you yeah. keep bringing it up. Okay, <clears throat> the whole idea of our past selves communicating with our future selves and our future selves communicating with our past. All right, this is not Project Saint Peter, but I need to diverge for a second. Sure. There are. This is a different topic. You know, Ouija boards. There are libraries of information out there that are not very well known that are channeled transcripts from a Ouija board. They were actually, it was a Ouija board connected to a typewriter, right? And this is back in the 80s. It was a Ouija board connected to a typewriter. And a uh, set of sisters, two sisters, would sit together and they would transcribe things. Now, this information is not necessarily public. One of those sisters is still alive, still working very hard, and she's 100. Wow, contact with her, but it's the content of what they channeled that's of importance. Not just in her work, but in other work, there are indications that after a period of time, they were channeling this person from, I believe, the 1700s uh, in America when it was after it was first discovered. Whatever it was, it was back in the day. The language is so hard to understand. It's rough. It's not like what you see in the movies. And they came to discover over a period of time that the people they were communicating with were themselves. Oh, cool. Another reiteration of themselves in a different timeline. And so that brings up <laughs> interesting things. Not just one book, not just two, a whole set, a whole library. And there, there are other cases out there. But I'm not allowed to like promote it because I was kind of told by her not to, so I'm just waiting until the time is right to make sure that people are aware that exists. Yeah. That's a trip, though. Mm-hmm. Falling back on yourself like that. Oh. Yeah, because we always think it's, it's, you know, we've seen things out there, somebody from the future, but we don't often think ourselves from the future, right? Because we're expecting to see our face or our, <laughs> us. But, but your essence, though, like we right. said, I mean, if yeah. If there's no course. time, all of your yeah. lives are all occurring now anyway. So. Oh, God, this hurts. This is making my brain <laughs> stop. Oh, my God. I want my mommy. I want to go to bed. Oh, my God, I'm dying. That's the beads. No, it's it's heavy. It's heavy. No, it's it's uh, these ideas uh, of this type. I don't know. JFK refers. <laughs> I'm just going to read. <laughs> no. um, well, and, you know, you mentioned you mentioned uh, Mrs. Roosevelt. Uh which you know, there's a handful of things here. Um, one thing I did, she pointed out too, when she was channeled by Petra, was uh, she indicates the effort, this effort they're doing is to be a United Nations effort. Clearly, that states like, look, guys, everybody needs to kind of put aside all the BS, and this is going to be something we all 
work towards, I think. That's how I took it. Uh, I don't, I mean, yeah, the UN has its own thing, I know, but uh, to me that, I, I do think this is something like, okay, this is going to be a global effort, I guess. I don't De- know. Definitely. And her, her description or her words seem to be much firmer, actually, than, than some of the other people's. It's interesting that there's a change in, in the way the words feel. I'm like, wow, she's, she's really, you know, go get them type person. It wasn't just, hey, guys, you know, here we are. We're here when you need us. Well, yeah, it's it's much <laughs> it's like, more. Get off your butt. Yeah, join hands. Yeah, get together. Do something about it. And we're it's, here to help you. I mean, it was very direct. Very direct. I was going to say her her stuff was way more direct. Um, you know, lab, lab working laboratory will be near uh, Capital City. Uh, it was actually what? Franklin. They George Meek actually had, and this is on World ITC, okay. a vision of creating this sort of like sub community. Like, you know, Lilydale or other places like that, you know, yeah, Casadega, yeah. Florida. Yeah. He he actually hoped to have this whole community that was built around the places that housed the museum and housed the technical apparatus that would be used to communicate all these messages. I mean, it's pretty cool actually. Yeah, very cool. Imagine like a, a theme park. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably a good time. We've gone all over the place. We've touched on everything from from past and future, time travel, crystals, presence. I mean, yeah, that well, that, that was pretty much the tail end of Lab One. It's kind of where we're getting. I mean, there's a couple more comments. And how many labs are there total? How many labs are there total, Keith? I am aware of there existing at least fourteen okay. labs, plus all the supplementary material and videotapes and audio cassettes yeah. and all the communications in between and all the drawings and the physical devices themselves. I do want to. I do want to note. So, you know, they, there, there was, you know, there was a 20 minute break in the notes here after, after Mrs. Roosevelt made her comments. Right. Uh, and they come back and JFK refers to angel one, which I think we may have mentioned. Angel, we mentioned angel one earlier as an electronic advanced space age technology of communicating long distances, converting those distances to light years, a radio achievement, a broadcasting system as yet unknown to man. Which again, we're we're pointing out wording, and that's a mouthful, right I, there. I think that's one of the cooler things um, listed because it just—I oh, don't it's know—that cool makes yeah, it's like it's way cool. Angel one uh, corridor of knowledge, <laughs> me, you know, mentioned. Uh, Jeff JFK indicates the. I'm gonna I'm gonna slaughter this. CDO council. Thank thank you thank you. I was gonna say Presidio has a hand in maintaining and harmonizing the energies needed for the equipment to function properly. So the Presidio council is that's people of spirit. Am I correct? Correct. It's one of the governing bodies that answers to another governing body above it. So it's like. If you've got the president and then you've got, you know, the secretary of defense and it just goes on down the chain. This is, I don't know how many levels down, but yeah, it's a couple up. <laughs> we'll, st- we'll stop. We'll end with this one. I mean, one of the things, another thing that JFK pointed out was he, re- he references Orion, which I assume that's the constellation, something in that constellation, and says mm-hmm. to dismiss our preconceptions and stereotypes of other life forms and says this is not a red alert. I guess the idea... I would it's like to go clear. ahead and read those two paragraphs if I may. Do I think it. it might be a good close. I'd love to I'd love yeah, I'd love to hear that. Thank you. We're just gonna do a quick touch on President John F. Kennedy's uh 
telepathic cha- telepathically channeled message through a medium yeah. in 1986. <clears throat> Quote, we are not void of humor and wit. However, the solemnity of this occasion by necessity shall be in need of a more sounder spiritual tone. As the purpose of this work and the celestial broadcasting system under the code name Project St. Peter is a two-way beneficent blessing, allowing man a direct part, an active participation in communicating with not only our membership, but also beings from advanced civilizations. End quote. He goes on to say, quote, Therefore, kindly dismiss your preconceptions of the purported spiritual and mental characteristics of a soul highly evolved, now residing, for example, in the evolved civilizations of Orion. The more often you are able to put aside your intellectual endeavors and logical analyzation, as well as a calming of your emotional responses, obviously necessary to encourage your interest and maintain your focus, are quite unnecessary with regards to any paradise-to-earth alarm. This is a gift, my fellow Americans. This is not a red alert. I, President John Fitzgerald Kennedy, am able to make the point no clearer than that. End quote. And so that's pretty fascinating, right? Yeah. Um, later on in the labs, they actually reference this. I said it gets even crazier, more crazy. That a signal would be sent out of this device into the ethers. It would be picked up by other civilizations that would be aliens, extraterrestrials, or people in other geographically, physical places other than Earth would pick it up and they would relay it to heaven. <laughs> and I'm not even joking about that. It's, it's in here. What? Awesome. It's cool. Yes. <laughs> I'm serious. I want I'm one serious. of these. They indicate so- <laughs> that this type of communication is difficult. But it's also with the assistance of advanced civilizations, which is what they're calling uh, aliens, ETs, in other places. So they're they're using them as routers. Yes, exactly. They're using the them route- as routers. They're using them as celestial routers, basically. Right, like satellites. like satellites. Yeah, yeah, same idea. And and they give indications later on that certain things need to be done at certain times of day on certain days of the year, which we'll get into later on. Which. Some people will find interesting, you know, when it comes to, um, well, all that kind of knowledge that I'm not educated in. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're going to do with this, this was first in uh, many shows I think we're going to do on this. I don't, we don't really have a schedule just yet, I think. We kind of talked about it briefly before the show. Um, but what we're going to do is kind of, and that's kind of what your idea was too, Keith, was we're going to take time and... We just walk through this stuff like we're doing right now, which I think is some of the best times I've had on this show, honestly, was tonight uh, going through this and, you know, being able to have the space, at least for all of us, to kind of expand on these ideas, too. Um, well, I like also the cool. idea of looking at something that people aren't aware of. Well, yeah. It's not like, what just the, heck the is usual this stuff yeah. out there that's yeah. something new and different. Yeah. And I like that. So. Right, and, and the funny thing is, it's been sitting out there for about ten months. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think anybody even knows it exists, and that's fine. However, um, okay, so what's on the internet? Let me get to that. Our website. I know I'm no longer a fan of doing website work, unfortunately. Yeah. But Lab One Part One, which is the first half of the first blue binder from 1986, is available at iDigitalMedium.com. Click on 
articles. Click on where it says articles in the top, and you'll see it's the sixth most recent article. Um, as we go, we're going to uh, basically I take them to work, I scan them. That process is actually fast. Then I convert them to PDF, searchable PDF. Then I actually copy them into Word. And then we have other people that have helped us um, edit major mistakes from there. And then we convert it back into PDF. And then we put it on the website for you guys. So as we go, we're going to make that PDF grow where people can go and just type in, okay, Orion, and hit the but search button. And then it'll instantly show you everywhere that, that is referenced. I'm also starting to compile sort of a, a keys notes slash glossary slash definition slash terms because it's that expansive it's it is uh, well I mean, and, that's not available yet but we'll just continue with that and what we're going to do uh, we'll make sure what we do here um with the show is we'll of course put i mean looking i'm looking at the link right now to lab one part one right and um we'll make that part of the the posting for the show too so, you know, people have something they, they can go right straight to that link and download um, what you have out there. That'll probably That'd be great. Things, and and, and, and part of that is I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of efficiency these days. So if I don't think people are interested, I don't really have as much of an impulse, you know, to do things in a nice way. Uh, but if people are interested and if you want to help, there's always room for helping hands also. Yeah. Um, and there is also the opportunity for preservation. So if you're sitting on a pile of money and you say, <laughs> hey, that meta science stuff sounds cool. We need to go get it and reach out. No, and that's a cool thing. I mean, people should keep that in mind. Uh, there's a lot of people that are into ITC, and that's something to, to think about, too, with this. Or even to just what lend state, a helping hand. If you can say, Keith, what state is this in? It's in Florida. Mm-hmm. Oh. The, that's, where, the, that's where Keith's at. Yeah. No, no, I know where Keith's mm-hmm. at. But, like, the other oh. – the, where the stuff's at. It's in Florida. Oh, it is in Florida too. It is. Oh, okay. Funny coincidence. Huh? Okay, huh? <laughs> there are no coincidences. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. So I mean, um, when it comes to that kind of stuff, we want to preserve things. However, I'm not in a position to be storing stuff, and you got to make. I got to stress the factor that um, this stuff is what I call endangered. So there's still cassettes that haven't been converted. There's We don't even know what there is. There's not even a table of contents or a listing of, of what these items are. They're not worth monetary value to anybody and should not be. Our intent is to, if we ever are successful in obtaining them, um, well, first of all, we're going to get all the digital stuff out in the public where it can benefit the public the most. And for the physical stuff, you know, we're hoping in the future to have a type of museum or something. But yeah. we don't want people out treasure hunting uh, thinking that they're going to plug plug and play. It's just not going to happen. So yeah, I need to make yeah. that clear. <laughs> so this was Lab 1, Part 1, basically. Or, yeah, it was, this we, we call this Lab 1. Am I correct? I'm trying to still figure, formulate this. What we discussed correct. tonight is like Lab it was 1. The, correct. It was the easiest. <laughs> what happens? I sat down and I started going through it. Halfway through, I was like, oh, my God. I just have to end it now. <laughs> so. <laughs> so what we'll do, um, and this is something we're going to discuss, you know, after via email or something i'm sure when we're going to do part two or lab two right uh so that and what i think i've been kind of formulating this because we kind of have uh i mean and this is all because i think you're kind of working on this as as we go along right keith seat of the pants right yeah so really really what it comes down to then is you know once you think you're at a spot where you're ready to do like another show 
then we just we just do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's it's and pretty. I seem, I seem to work yeah. better under deadlines, as as you see. But <laughs> no, no. I mean, but but really, I mean, it's I I, I at your pace. I mean, because this is something I think is what whatever the truth is in this. I think it's important to discuss it. I think this makes, like you said, well, like we 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 like we just kind of discussed throughout the show, uh, for educational purposes like this. I keep saying this about a lot of stuff we talk about nowadays. You learn a lot about life, about things. I like to draw a parallel parallels about where I'm at in my, you know, my development, I guess, or anybody too. Uh, so you learn from things like this, I think too. That's right. why. Then, that's why it's I mean, important. Yeah, and then you look at it. Look at how many people have benefited from the uh, the Seth material, or the, I believe it was Jane Roberts. Yeah. How many people has have has that touched or affected? You know, yeah. of course, the miracles, things like yeah. that. What if this is another one of those things that's just been sitting waiting for the right time? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that was Lab One. Thank you, Keith. I want. Obviously, we're going to be doing another one of these, hopefully soon. Uh, and it's going to be just something we're doing with the show here. Um, and Keith, thanks for letting us do this here. I think this uh, is really cool. It's exclusive. Man. Exclusive to you guys. Well, so thank and, you for and, having me. And we're me. really honored to have that because these are some fascinating ideas. Fascinating ideas. So, all right. Till next time, Keith. I, I Yeah, we're going to be doing this soon, hopefully. And it'll be Lab 2, correct? Lab 1, Part 2. Lab one, oh, or, or whatever we come up with. You know, if we have fifty lab parts one and right. two, then I'm gonna be, oh, Keith, you gotta conjugate it, get it all back together. All right, so lab one, part two. All right, cool. That's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. We'll see. Ghostly talk.